0: Um, my word um for this christmas season you probably some of you may have picked it up already is the word ponder yeah, we, uh, there was that lovely picture of the uh, that really early picture of the nativity of the shepherd leaning on his staff looking at the baby jesus and pondering pondering and um, we're told in luke chapter one all who hear about the miraculous birth of john the baptist ponder and ask what does this mean and mary in our reading ponders all these things ponder to think long and hard about something and in galatians 4 paul does a bit of pondering thinking about the meaning of christmas why was jesus born Why was he born when he was born? But when the fullness of time had come, Galatians 4.4, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law in order to. Why was Jesus born when he was born? Why did God decide that 2,000 years ago his love would be focused on a particular moment in a particular place? in that stable in bethlehem we don't know but for paul it was exactly the right time i've heard people say that jesus was born in the time of the emperor augustus because after a hundred years of civil war in the empire there was finally peace and because of roman roads which meant that God, which mean that the gospel could be spread, there was a good means of communication. But you could suggest that if God chose the rule of Augustus for his son to be born, because there were good means of communication, then he would have been wiser to wait till the 21st century and the internet. We do give thanks to God for Pax Romana, that there were Roman roads at the time that gospel could spread. But to be honest, why did God choose that time? We don't know. It's in the mystery of God. What we do know, though, is it was the right time in the fullness of time. If you read the beginning of Matthew's Gospel, there's a long list of names. Quite often, people miss the first chapter. But actually, it's very significant, that list of names. There are three blocks. We'll count, count yourself how many there are. And Matthew is saying, at the right time, Jesus came. Astrologers speak about how we are moving from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. The problem is, when I looked it up uh, on the net, nobody is really sure when and whether it, act- when it will happen. It's sort of a people talk about that being a period of about a thousand years, or what it, whether it actually means anything. But for Christians, we argue that the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 2,000 years ago, during the reign of augustus in the town of bethlehem introduced a new age the last age in human history that period between the first coming of christ and his second coming and paul in galatians 4 writes of three consequences of the coming of jesus as a baby first of all he says we are redeemed rescued set free from the condemnation of the law god sent his son to redeem those who were under the law we're set free from guilt and condemnation jesus was born under the law it says verse 4 he was born as a jew required to be obedient to the old testament law and so we read in luke of his circumcision on the eighth day Why the 8th day? Because that was what the law required for a Jewish baby. Uh, And throughout his life, Jesus was obedient to the law. His opponents often accused him of breaking the law. But Jesus challenges them that they have misunderstood, even twisted the law. They'd turn the law into a system of achievement and merit. If you keep the law, if you follow the rules, then you will be saved. And it had become a system which either led to self-righteous pride – look at me, I'm somebody who keeps the law, I do all the little things that I have to do – or it leads to people having that deep sense of being crushed. And so Jesus accuses his opponents of hypocrisy, of pride, and also of making converts and then crushing them. He says, you cross land and sea to make a convert, and when you make them, you turn them more into a child of hell than they were before. You see, they load these converts with new rules that they have to obey. And they tell these new converts that if they do not obey the rules, then they will be condemned. Don't get me wrong, Jesus didn't say that the law, the rules were wrong, it's just that while the laws remain outside of us, they're a burden on us. But when the love for God is given to us, then we find that we begin to want to do what the law requires. We're not so much controlled by an outer law telling us what to do, but the law becomes an inner law, a delight for us. As St Augustine is said to have said, it's a slight misquote, love God and do what you want. Jesus came to set us free from condemnation. There are many of us who do not think we could ever possibly be worthy of God. We look at our past sins, our blindness to God, the people we have hurt, the damage we have done to others and to ourselves. It's actually quite hard at times to think about some of the things that we've done in the past. They're too painful. Forgive the sins of my youth, cries the psalmist. The problem is that as you grow older, and the thing about growing older is that you still think that you're quite young, even when you're growing older. So the sins of your youth multiply. <laughs> and it's not just the sins of our past. We look at ourselves now, at our self centeredness, at our hardness of heart, our judgmentalism, at our lack of love for God and others, and we despair. Please do not, as many do today, deny your sin or deny the reality of judgment that is not the way out of despair because it is not real but we do not need to despair because jesus was born under the law and obeyed the law in order to set us free from the condemnation that comes when we disobey the law he took onto himself the condemnation of the law that we deserved. He was crushed by our sin for us. And because of him, because of that which began on Christmas Day, we are forgiven. We do not need to live crushed by our sins, past or present. We may need to face up to them honestly and confess them before God. We may need to face the human consequences of our sin. There are almost certainly some people we need to say sorry to, and we need to do whatever is in our power to do things and put things right. There's a very helpful verse in which we're told, insofar as it is up to you, live at peace with all people. But in the end, once we have confessed our sin, we hand that sin over to God because we know the Son of God has in his love taken his punishment on ourselves, taken the punishment we deserve on himself. Jesus came to set us free from our condemnation of the Lord. And jesus secondly was born in bethlehem in order to make us children of god the great christmas acclamation is this the son of god became a human being so that human beings could become sons and daughters of god children of god he came so that we might receive adoption as children verse 5 the door into the throne room throne room of god into the presence of god was closed but jesus the son of god by coming into the world opens the door and invites us to come in may i ask who here has visited the throne room in the hermitage in st petersburg Anybody been here, visited the throne room in the hermitage? One or two? It's well worth a visit in the hermitage. Um, There's only one, there's only one chair in the throne room and that's the throne for the Tsar because when people are in the presence of the Tsar, you're not seated, you stand. Well, imagine you're in the 1800s in here in russia or or even the 1800s in russia and you are being ushered in to meet the tsar they're seated on the throne and you come in into the splendor with your eyes lowered you dare not look at the tsar and you come before her or him and you bow down and someone says your name and why you are being presented and they may say something to you and you then walk out backwards still with your eyes lowered backwards because you must not show your back to the tsar and afterwards you walk around to people and say i've met the tsar but when we're ushered in by Jesus into the throne room of the Tsar of Tsars into the splendour maybe this time we do not even go in standing we go in on our knees with our eyes bowed down and as we shuffle towards the throne we suddenly hear a kerfuffle because the Tsar themselves have stood up and they've come down from their throne and they've drawn close to us and they lift us up and they raise our head and our face so that we are looking in their face and they say come with me i'm no longer going to treat you as a rebellious subject nor even as a loyal servant you are now going to become my son or daughter Jesus came so that we might become sons and daughters, his brothers and sisters, members of the family of his Father God. So as we come to him and receive receive him, so we're given a new identity, a new way of doing things and a new family, and a new home. And thirdly, because Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the spirit of god has come to us and because you are children god sent the spirit of his son into our hearts verse 6. for those who are believers who have received jesus then he is with us now his presence embraces us and fills us and shapes us and transforms our longings and our desires i spoke earlier about how the law can crush us if it is something that is outside of us. But the Spirit takes the law and puts it in our heart so that we begin to want to do what the Lord requires, not as an act of sacrificial obedience, although there will still be many times when we need to be sacrificially obedient because our human will and our spirit-given God will are not always in harmony with each other. But there will be times when we discover that God's will is now what I would freely choose to do. If you think of the Bible, uh, think of the Bible as the Word of God, as the law of God. Um, It's far, far more than just laws given by God. But if you think of it as the law of God, then what God does is he comes and he takes the Word of God and he applies it to our hearts and he applies it so that we actually, if you like, we eat it. The prophets speak about being given a scroll and they eat the scroll so that it becomes far from being out there, it becomes part of us in here. And it's the spirit of Jesus who lives in us, who enables us to know intimacy, to know God the Father as Jesus, the eternal Son of God, knows God as Father it's the spirit who enables us to call to god abba father i'm told that if you go to israel go to tel aviv and you go along the beach you will hear children calling out abba 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 think of how the lord's prayer begins our father in heaven intimacy and holiness otherness our father in heaven It's to begin to know intimacy with God. I do hope you're beginning to know something of that in your prayers. That prayers are not just some set prayers that we say or a list of things that we want or an exercise in positive thinking or a snatched piece of conversation with God here or there during the day, but that you also understand a little of what I say and mean when I speak of prayer. As intimacy with God and the Spirit also reassures us it says here of our future hope why Christmas why did God send his son into this world to be born as one of us of a woman and under the law well there are many reasons but just three today from these few verses in galatians to set us free from condemnation we are forgiven so that we might become children of god so that the spirit of god might come and live in us and enable us to know god as our father